Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Hello and welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. My name is Adrian Hernandez, and if you've heard that intro, it's because I practice it a lot, even though it's only like seven words. I'm here today with Ezra, Evan, and Jackie to talk Colorado Avalanche hockey. Um, we'll just get right into things. Just while I have your attention, please subscribe, share, turn on your alerts on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, whatever it is you're watching this live broadcast on and know that all of our live broadcasts are available in their recorded form the day after the show on Spotify, iTunes and Audible and all of the other ones you can probably think of, except for I'm pretty sure the one Ezra uses. So, That's right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so if you enjoy what you listen to today, uh, please head on over there, share with your fellow Avalanche fans and friends. And yeah, let's just get to talking about what there is to talk about because it's been quite some time between the four of us since we've had a chat. And fortunately for us, some things have happened abs related. Um, but I just wanted to start with a little bit of a celebration of a year ago today, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in game six against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, just after Nazem Kadri scored a goal that no one thought went in a couple nights before. And there, there it is, Ezra. Ezra's got the background, Bo and Byram holding, holding it up. Beautiful. I've been staying away from this background since they were chasing me. Yeah, yeah. I noticed you had a, an avalanche slash Kraken one, so we might have to keep it on the cup one today just so that I don't get mad at you <laughs> with my peripherals. But uh, nonetheless, like I said, I'm here with Ezra, Evan, and Jackie. And I'll start with you, Evan. Based on uh, last year, what was your uh, favorite moment of the cup run last season? Oh man. I mean, I, I mean, it has to be the game, the game that they won, right? It has to be. And I mean, per personally for me, um, I was invited last minute to go actually to the arena to go, you know, watch the game, um, nice. and the watch party. Um, and you know, I still have the, I still have the ticket saved on my phone is like a memory thing, cool. like best $20 I've ever spent in my life. So it's a great celebratory thing. I was very excited uh, to tweet that this morning because I knew it was like, oh, my God, tomorrow's one year. I'm going to tweet that out first thing I wake up and voila. voila. So, <laughs> I was I was very much looking forward to that. The algorithm was all over it. Woke up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I, I had to work my other job at 7 a.m. this morning, so I was up early. So Good I got for you. It sounds time. like graduation to me. You sure you don't want to go back? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. I think game six was definitely the moment because they won it. And it was, however, you know, 20 some years since the Avs had done so. But for me, it was uh, the Kadri saga in St. Louis. I just thought that that was the story of the playoffs. Um, something that honestly, I don't feel like the recap video that ESPN put out um, for the Stanley Cup champions and recap even touched on for even a second, which I'm sure was a a business decision, but nonetheless, um, Jackie, what was your favorite moment from the Avalanche Cup run last season? I will say both of y'all's choices are really excellent. Um, I knew that the anniversary is today, but I didn't really correlate it with us talking, so I think this is a very good choice of day to talk. But perfect, yeah. I have to pick the game seven win against St. Louis, and there's also one good reason for that it was also my birthday. So, uh, we were in Aspen and, um, I wasn't sure how much we'd be able to watch. <laughs> and we, we came back from dinner with, uh, right at the end of the first period. So I was able to watch the second and third and then obviously the big moment. So I think that 
as far as like a moment where I just felt like the most, I mean, the win of course is exhilarating, but like a moment during a game that I'll never forget is probably that moment. That helm goal basically. Yeah. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was one of those like, didn't feel real moments. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Probably the first one of the cup run definitely was like, no way did that seriously just cause we were used to it happening the other way. Like, Kadri gives up a turnover on the faceoff just after the Avs go up uh, against Dallas. And Kiviranta scores twice his first two goals of his life to beat the Avs, you know. And so to see the Avs kind of on the other side of that coin where it's like no way that that happens with four point whatever seconds left in the game to send the Avs on to the Western Conference Final. That's another great moment. And Ezra, we'll end with you. What was your moment? Oh, for me, it's got to be when Nicholas Abekubel dropped the cup. Yeah. Um, it's literally my computer background is this picture. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's like, oh. Screaming at him, like, uh, what the heck happened? It's uh, I love great. it so much. It's it's so funny. Um, uh, and, you know, you only get that kind of fun moment if you've already won the cup. So Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful picture. I love it so much. You give any legitimacy to the fact that the, some people – consider that a curse now that since Abe Kubel dropped it. I don't consider it. Abe Kubel plays for someone else, so maybe it's a curse for them and not us, hopefully. But. Yeah, that explains what happened to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're all like... Yeah, exactly. The faces they're all making. The faces of the picture are so good. I'll show it one more time. Yeah, Kadri's got his hands on his head like, oh, God. Yeah, Kadri's like... Kadri's the only one who I'm like, oh, he is mad at Abe Kubel. The rest of them are just like, what's happening? And Kadri's like, I'm going to beat this guy. Yeah, well, (laughs) unfortunately, we saw the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup as well. Um, And I'll just keep it pretty brief because, you know, I'm not a big fan of those guys. Um, although I respect the achievement and I uh, kudos to them and their and their organization for getting to the precipice of this game of hockey. But is there anything that the Ve- that Vegas Knight brought to the table that the Avalanche might need to emulate? Or is it kind of the, the Vegas Knights emulated the version of the Avs we saw win the cup and the Avs kind of know that road to victory? Um, I'll start with you, Evan. What do you think? That's a good question because – when you think of Vegas, like their their style, their play is just go, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, that That's why I would have loved a Vegas-Seattle series where it was just like both teams just go and like drain each other out, right? But right. ultimately that didn't happen, and Vegas was able to take advantage of that, right? I mean, they put up not, nine goals in that game five. Nine Yikes. goals. Yeah. Ridiculous. So, you know, I think – it's just a matter of perseverance for them because, you know, they made it, you know, five out of the six years to the postseason in the first place. They were doing something right, of course, to get mm-hmm. there. So it was just a matter of getting over the hump, which, you know, they did. And it was a good combination of of staying healthy, playing the LTIR game with Stone, um, and, you know, really, really good goal to me too from Aiden Hill. So, you know, it's just yeah, a I perfect, think- perfect storm. That was kind of the the thing that I didn't expect was for the Vegas Knights goalies to do so well, um, especially Aiden Hill, obviously. Um, and then I also, you know, I, I think Jonathan Marchesaw is a great player. I didn't see the Con Smythe version of Jonathan Marchesaw coming, to be honest with you. And and I'm kind of scared now because he was already an Avs killer. Now he's got that chip, you know, kind of notch in his belt. And I wonder if the Avs and, and Vegas rivalry could be heating up even more substantially. And I think that's what the Avalanche want this year if Vegas is just as good as they are this past season. Uh, Jackie, 
What about for you? Do you see anything in the way Vegas um, played or anything like that that the Avalanche might take from? I think everyone has their own blueprint, but I definitely think there's several reminders the Avs can take from it. I think the Avs proved that like the era is here where you need mobile defense that can move the puck. Yep. Like it's just so outdated to think of like one puck mover as your small offensive guy. It's like your whole defense basically needs to be able to move the puck. And so I think like everyone talks about Vegas's big defense. I I mean, yeah, they're a bigger team. They put I think they put a little bit more defensive style than the Avs, but what they emulated from the Avs is to have that transition game to play with pace and to have defensemen that can move the puck. Right. Um but one thing I want the Avs to take from them is the Golden Knights had a very balanced lineup and we've talked about depth a lot and we'll continue to talk about depth. And I think that's something they need to get back to. And you look at their time on ice, like they were so balanced. They only had one defenseman that played over 20 minutes, two at 20, the rest were underneath that, but nobody was under 10 minutes. Not a Mm -hmm. single player on their team was under 10 minutes. So they had guys like Eichel played 15 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they were having their top line guys playing 15 minutes. And you contrast that with what the Avs were trying to get away with playing McKinnon and Ranton in 25 minutes. And I know that's a little bit of Bednar's style, but he's got to look at how that team was built and the distribution of ice time and take a couple clues from that because they're just not going to win with the way that they were running their team last year. So I hope that they look at that. Well, and I'll say this to your point. I think if that's Bednar's style, it's his style typically when the Avs are trailing, that the Avs have put their big guns on the ice more because that's who he trusts to make a play. I mean, to an extent. I mean, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, if you're down, you're definitely going to ride the horses. But he did that the whole year. Yeah. He did that from day one. I remember us doing a podcast thing was after game four. And I'm like, this is not sustainable. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it did get them to the end of the regular season, but that's why they didn't make it very far at all. Agreed. Yeah. So absolutely. that's something that I hope that they're really seriously looking at. You need to have like a decent third line and you need to have fourth liners. You can play. Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't expect McKinnon at 15 minutes. That's no, yeah, no, no. But, I don't want McKinnon at 15 minutes. <laughs> but it, we can't have these guys playing five minutes. It, yeah. That's just not going to happen. You have to build a team that's better balanced than what I they think had. at one point when we were down a few defenders, McCarr might have even had like a 30-minute game. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. You can't so, do that. And like no. he even he was even making comments. Like he was even saying that he can't play. It's not sustainable for him to play that much. Like you have to listen to him. Like he's being honest about it. So and he's got those young man legs. So if anybody's, (laughs) anybody's, you should trust. It's Kale McCarr. Um, Ezra, what about you? Is there? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I I was gonna say on the other end of that, right? Didn't game was it game seven that they had to play Brad Hunt and Ford and he played like one shift. Yeah, right? forty-one like, seconds. It's ridiculous. Like I don't know. It's like like Jack said. It's it was just unsustainable. So for sure, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, lesson learned. I think there, um, Ezra, Jackie mentions depth and spreading the ice time. How important is that to you? And was is that your takeaway from Vegas as well? I fully agree with that, and I think it 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 speaks to. I, I think uh, Jackie said that that Vegas learned some things from the Abs, and I think uh, it speaks to the, this conversation speaks to that because when the Abs won the Cup, they were much. The, yes. the the ice time distribution was much better and the fourth line 
was a contributing factor that was getting 11 minutes a night, you know? So I think ultimately Colorado knows what it needs to do um, and it needs to find a way to construct a roster that can get back to that. Uh, obviously injuries played a major part last yes. season in, in everything going down the way that it did. But uh, the thing that I think we can take away most is Colorado built a team from the defense out and mm-hmm. they can't really be trading away defensemen if they're going to maintain that. So for me, I think a lesson that can be learned here is let's keep Taves in the fold if we can, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know me, I was, I've, I've, I'm the guy on the door of pounding on the door saying we should trade Taves, but that's honestly before some of the things that have happened over the last week. That's how I felt. Yeah. I was um, right there with you, but yeah. Uh, I, I didn't because I, I didn't think there was another way to get a two seed. But, exactly, but here here we are possibly. So let's move on a little bit. And um, if you haven't already checked out the website, head on over to milehighhockey.com. We have a bunch of articles by the four of us and more. Um, and we just talk abs hockey, anything that might come to the surface. We usually chat about it. And there's um, you know comment sections for you folks to get involved as well. So come on down to the website and check it out. Um, I actually think Evan, you just released an article recently about what Eric Johnson's potential departure will mean for free agency window for the avalanche. And we can start talking a little bit about that um, based on, you know, as we're saying that the Avs seem to be building from the defense out rightfully. So when you have Kale McCarr on your team, um, what first let's start with Johnson though. What might you think is the reason for his departure? Is it just a money thing? Do you think he's probably going to get more on the open market and uh, where might you see him landing Evan? I mean, if someone pays him six million at his age <laughs> for even a year, I feel like that's a little ridiculous. Um, oh yeah, there's no way. I'm <laughs> going to say that right now. There is no possible way that that would be ridiculous. But I think you know it's just a matter of like obviously his contracts up. Um, Nathan McKinnon's new deal, being the highest paid you know player yeah. in the league, kicks in this year. Obviously, a lot of that money is going to go to McKinnon now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was just a matter of, you know, needing to move on, honestly. Um, and as, as bad and as sad as it sounds, um, you know, EJ had lost his step a little bit. We saw it a lot this season where, you know, it was, it was hard for him to follow pucks or was just losing battles, things like that. Um, and was really, you know, the sixth defenseman of the, of the, yeah. of the team, really. So, you know, to kind of move on from him, um, you know, go on to greener pastures who, who wherever he goes you know who knows i could i could see like a chicago wanting him of yeah. like it's a veteran leadership uh organization we need a, a young group we're gonna need leaders we're gonna need veterans um to help well, they people. just they also so, just traded for taylor hall and the rights to that, negotiate with nick felino which is completely out of left field if you ask me but here it we are really is i know so you know we'll we'll see what happens with ej or you know he very well could just retire if nobody wants him but i would think that somebody would want him so I would be, I would guess that based on his statement that he's not coming back to Colorado, he knows that there's other teams that have interest in him. It's just a matter. In fact, that probably means that the interest that he's not supposed to be getting because of tampering that he probably is anyway, um, has told him that the money he's getting elsewhere is, is the reason why he's already made it clear. He's probably not going to be a Colorado avalanche anymore. Um, but just continuing with that subject to me from the outside, looking in Colorado's, top five defenders are pretty much in place right now um, with that six to eight D kind of not being settled. And in the past we've seen the abs just go to the open market and get veterans um, to fill those six kind of six through eight roles and then have a couple of guys come up from the a to do the same. 
Um, Ezra, I'll actually, you know what, Jackie, I'll send this one your way because you're the young, you're the young peep person. So is there anyone in the defensive group, young person wise, that you see coming into that six and seven D role? Uh, and who might that be? And if not, do you think the Owls will keep on the veteran shtick for six through seven D? I think they need to sign one person. I, I've said it publicly. I think Jack Johnson would be nice to come back. I think, Mm -hmm. um, like he's he's fit in good. I think he's a good six D. I think if someone ever does come in and, and take his spot, he's fine being a seventh. I think they could still get him for under a million dollars. Uh, I to me, it's like a no brainer. I just I don't know what they're gonna find better, and if they do, it's not gonna be as cheap. Like they're gonna have to have several league minimum players on this team. So I think that's one area where they could do it and not feel a deficit and um just real quick on ej i think i we have to remember he's never been a free agent and so i think he really needs like someone like jack johnson has like he knows Mm -hmm. what his market is he knows what kind of offers he's gonna get someone like ej's never been a free agent so i think he's definitely gonna be somebody that wants to know what's out there or like you said maybe he already knows what is that's possible too I feel like someone's going to give him term. He might not get a lot of money, but I, I really do feel like someone out there might give him like two years because he really wants to hit that thousand games. He could hit it. I think he's 80 away. So like he could, but if he got a two year term, I think that's maybe like exactly what he's looking for. Okay. But as far as anyone coming in, I mean, no, I mean, we know the Avs don't have any prospects. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they're, I'm sure they're going to give Malinsky a chance at some point, but I certainly would not pencil him into any sort of like, you know, filling in a, a need for the abs or anything like that. Like if he is that guy and they can move into next summer and pencil him in, that's fantastic. But like, you can't do that right now. So I think they need to sign at least one veteran. Then you have Hunt as the seventh, which I'm, I'm comfortable with them playing some, but you also have to remember there's probably going to be one defense that's always hurt. So then mm-hmm. I'm not super comfortable with him as the always number seven, but you know, I, there's only so much they can do. So um, defense is the least of their issues, I think. Like, mm-hmm. this team still needs to sign six forwards. <laughs> so, like, yeah. That's kind of horrifying. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. The good news is, though, they will likely have a nice little pocket full of cash to do so. And then a helping factor in that is you get a guy like Ryan Johansson at a 50% retained salary discount. So that kind of weaponizes your cash a little bit more. <laughs> as Ezra shakes his head in disbelief. Um, <laughs> Ezra, what, do you think that that deal makes a possible uh, re-signing with JT Comfort more of a reality, or is that kind of he's going to be a Blackhawk or somewhere else um, for well, you? What do you think? Ultimately, I think with, with JT, he can get more money elsewhere, and if that's what he wants to do, he should do that. Um, and I think that's kind of the same thing with the Eric Johnson conversation where he, he could have come back maybe if they had any interest in him. I, I didn't, I, I think his, his skating is, is gone. So he doesn't fit the system, but he can get more money elsewhere. Right. And I think the truth, the same is true for, for JT. Evan Rodriguez maybe can't, maybe Evan Rodriguez is a guy who you, the abs are able to resign now. Um, but both of those, both him and JT, I feel like are just able to get more money elsewhere. And, and yeah, so bottom line is if that's the choice they want to make then that's the choice they should make um mm-hmm. so i don't know uh one thing i wanted to ask jackie uh uh 
about actually uh going back to the defense question is uh ryan merkley i mean he he came in he wasn't super effective in the ahl but uh i guess this question is for everybody more than just jackie but uh, does it how what do you what do you see with him do you think he comes back do you think he can make a difference well he has to get qualified first and i don't think that's a given i We'll see on Friday. I mean, he doesn't have arbitration rights. Usually the abs will qualify them that don't have arbitration rights because it's pretty much a take it or leave it. There's there's not much leverage the player has. So, but I, it was not a good sign that he didn't dress for a single playoff game. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, that just to me sounds like a lack of interest in investing in him from the organization. And so if they've already made that decision, then it's just bet- best to just cut ties and move on because they can only focus on so many players. Like I thought with Barron's not signing, okay, well, then they at least had a year that they could entertain the thought of doing something with Merkley. But now that they have Malinsky, he's going to be like their little project for the year. So, I mean, yeah. I mean so Merkley could come back. I just like they've already moved on, I think. I don't, I don't see there's any interest there. Let's see his yeah, base. His base playoffs, salary is eight thirty two. So I mean, it's not going to be an expensive qualifying offer, but maybe right. it is when you're trying to qualify Alex Newhook and sign Alex Newhook. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's all buried money, so it's like yeah. whatever. So, but they already re-signed. Like they have Clerman and they have Wyatt Amit, who is their other free agent. Fine, and then they signed um, Middleton, and they're always going to. So there's still Brad Hunt, if he's ever there in the AHL or not. You have Malinsky. There's always going to be a couple guys on AHL deals. So, like, where where is he going to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I saw him as a, as a possible, like, top four in the AHL, you know, with a with a look at maybe moving up. But if he, if he proves himself defensively, which – because, you know, his offensive game is his strength and his defensive game is what they were working on him. With and I thought maybe he didn't play in the playoffs because he just hadn't gotten there yet. They didn't have that trust yet, but not necessarily because he was, you know, okay. on the outs. But you just, you just, it, yeah, him not getting signed right away is not a good sign. He so. played. He played a lot. Like I think the trade was late January, so he he definitely played a lot February, March. Yeah, the first yeah. half of April, and then it's like once they had their new toy Malinsky, they were just like, oh, well, this guy's better. So yeah, well, why are we bothering? He had eight um, points in 28 games. I mean, he was all right. Like, his offense is more like a Gerard offense. He's good at passing, um, but he's right. not, He's not like, dynamic in that way where he's, like, driving the net and kind of things like that. So, I don't know. I mean, there's talent there, but I just, like, you know, they're only, their desire only goes so far. So, yeah, I just, totally. I don't know. Like, they could qualify him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It doesn't really cost them much, but it's time, and and they're going to sign a couple veterans to, as well, like kind of tweener veterans. I just don't think there's room for him. We'll see. Sense. Yeah, and he's among um, some of the RFAs for the Avalanche uh, to include, I think, um, who's the other guy that we got um, from Toronto? Malkin. Malkin. He's also yeah. RFA. Well, I don't know. I couldn't, couldn't think of that. But it's, it's been a while. A, it's been a while. Geez, okay. Oh, yeah. Malkin's an RFA. Yeah, Obviously, Malkin. Newhook is an RFA. Um, Ezra, what does the price tag for you look like with the Newhook situation, and, and how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I think I think it comes in uh, just over $2 million for two years. That's that's okay. my expectation. I don't think they're, they're not going to be comfortable giving him a long-term deal, and he shouldn't be getting more than, like, 
two four at maximum for a short term deal because he's just he's a thirty point guy as as a second year player, which is awesome. But he's also just a thirty point guy at this point uh, uh, with a lot to prove, especially on the defensive side. So mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, something around the two million mark, uh, higher than two million, probably not below, but but not too much higher. I think that's where we're gonna land. And if it's one or I would expect two years, not one, but if it is one, then you could be a li- even a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and I was I tweeted earlier today and was totally wrong about what his qualifying offer had to be. I think I said it had to be one point four nine million because I was going off of his AAV, not mm-hmm. his base salary. So in order for him to just to get his offer, it's like eight hundred and seventy four thousand. So you can qualify him and then get to negotiating. That has to happen by Friday. Jackie, do you think New Hook represents? A danger for offer sheet, or is no one interested? Um, I would say unlikely, but I've always said the kind of that middle class is the more ripe target for offer sheets rather than like the high end, and say like a Byram or that those right. kind of players like Zegras and all these other the, the higher end of the RFAs. Everyone always talks about them getting offer sheeted, but that's not the target. It'd be the middle. I right. actually thought about this in regards to he's a lot like Kotkinemi. I don't know how to say this. Kotkinemi. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Who? Um, see, I never say that name out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we we all know that he he was offer sheeted and it was successful. Yeah. He was offer sheeted after his best season was like thirty points, and he had just finished a twenty point season. Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. he got offer sheeted for six million dollars. So. Yeah, if that happens, have he's to remember, gone. <laughs> offer sheets have to be a, lot. a real overpayment, not even like a little, like like Massive. a holy cow overpayment. Yeah. Like <laughs> a holy cow, why that, did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> I, and I think so one thing that makes it uh, unlikely that we see something like that is just every team in the league is in a cap crunch, pretty much. Yeah. So nobody can just dole out six million on a guy they're taking a shot at like that. Yeah, uh, that, that situation back then was the 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 Carolina Hurricanes had space and they wanted to retaliate against Montreal for uh, for cheating Aho. Oh yeah, that. so that that was a unique one, I think. But definitely. But the funny thing is, is that if anyone would do it, I would think Montreal because Kent Hughes is like a Newhook is very very close with the Hughes family, his son, mm. and he's lived at their house. Like he was, he was his agent before he became on Charles GM. So if anybody loves them, some Alex Newhook, it's going to be Kent Hughes. Wow. Montreal Canadiens, Nepo baby. (laughs) They love spending money. It's going to happen. No, but it would be kind of funny if it was a Kotkinemi type offer sheet. So that, that happened to Newhook. Ezra, you say it's somewhere in the two years, a little over $2 million area. Evan, do you agree with that? Or do you think uh, maybe he, the Avs try to talk him into a little less or he tries to talk them into a little more? What's your thoughts? I, I also kind of agree with that. I, I would say Newhook could probably want a little more, like maybe like two and a half um, for two years, maybe three. Maybe if they talk him into three of like, give me like three more chances, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think it, like Jackie said, it's, it would, it's all, you know, it's all just, it's a huge work in progress. I don't think he'll get quality. I don't think he'll get offer sheeted either. Um, and, you know, he is right in the middle of the pack. Um, he's a 30 point guy, as we've already you know said multiple times. Um, 
And you know, he's only it's only my age still. He's only twenty two. You, you still have to remember that. Um, yeah, it's give not, you young boys some time. <laughs> it's not. It's not like a. It's, he wasn't expected to be a Nathan McKinnon right out the gate. So, you know, it, I think it, it, if you give, I feel like three years max will be. You know, that that would be the most I think the Abs will give him three years max, probably two and a half. Um, you know, he'll he'll definitely lean on the fact that he is a Stanley Cup champion and be like, hey, yeah. I helped you guys win a cup. You know, give me a little something more. Yeah, so. I remember that game where that dude JT yeah. Comfer went off. I did too, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's weird, right? Uh, but you know, when I look at Newhook, I don't see it as a comparable to the Tyson Joe situation. But a lot of people online like to make that comparable. Um, I see that Alex Newhook has shown a lot of a higher ceiling in even a shorter amount of time. I feel like in the bigs, so I'm not too worried about Newhook. I'm with you, Evan. I think I think giving him a third year to maybe smooth out that AAV. I think if anything, it's going to be at a pretty reasonable number. So if you have to offload him in that third year, you might have some opportunities to do so. Um, and I and I still think that he's got another level that we haven't seen yet, and that the way that the top six was structured last season did not help um, mm-hmm. a guy like Alex Newhook, who was like, let's see if this guy's the 2C, but let's also have him do it without two of the best players in the top six. And that just didn't really work out for that guy. So um, I'm with you all. I think bringing uh, Newhook back is a lot more um, likely because he's an RFA, obviously, and I think just he's going to come at a a more reliable price point. So that's nice. Um, But moving on, we saw – the Avs make a trade, and when I first saw it, I had to check its legitimacy because I was like, <laughs> somebody's trolling me. Same here. Um, there's no way. And, you know, I was, like, about to retweet it, and then I'm thinking about, oh, man, if I retweet this, my credibility is going down the tank. If it's not true, which I don't think I have any credibility to begin with. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ezra, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about Ryan Johansson's injury status um, and what did you think of the trade just off the top? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the trade. I didn't really think it was a realistic option. I thought Ryan Johansson was an untradeable piece at $8 million and there was no reason for Nashville to retain money. But mm-hmm. then um, Barry Trotz said he wants to make some changes, and he made some changes. So he's willing to eat $8 million over two years. That's great. That's a, that's, that's a huge boon for us. I think Ryan Johansson can be a player that makes a difference – as a middle six center, ideally top, uh, ideally a second line center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what it comes down to with the injury is uh, I, initially I heard that it was an Achilles uh, and that made me really nervous. That's but then uh, yeah. Ryan <laughs> himself said it was on the outside of his, of his ankle, not the back of his ankle. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so that gave me, that gave me uh, a little more optimism because yeah. you know the, the avalanche aren't going to make this trade without doing their homework on that injury. And, if it's not an Achilles, that means it's not one of the tendons that tends to uh, have tricky recovery periods for for people who you know experience injuries to them uh, that can kind of go one way or another. Mm-hmm. It's more straightforward. So I feel pretty good about the injury. I'm not overly worried about it. What I am worried about with Johansson is how dialed in he's going to be every night. That's been a problem for him throughout his career mm-hmm. uh, and not the kind of thing that uh, Bednar has put up with. So... Uh, we'll see if he's able to 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 lock himself in for, you know, with Nathan McKinnon leading the way. I think well, that's yeah. that's I interesting. That's very interesting because if you remember correct, um, right or wrong, 
Nazem Kadri had a similar um, reputation leaving yeah. Toronto. In fact, yeah, I think we, we heard Marner or Babcock made Marner do a survey and he listed Nazem Kadri as the laziest player on the team and then made it public to the team. <laughs> but <laughs> that's another story. But Oh, yeah, like, and Mike Babcock is back in the league. But yeah, like, and here we are. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I see – I see that scenario playing out and I know that that's been an issue for him in the past, but I feel like if there is a system where there is a coach and a culture that can kind of basically it, we'll find out pretty quick whether or not he's buying in and a part of the club or not. Cause I think that these guys will pretty much get rid of him if he's not internally. Yeah, not exactly. A, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I bring it up as, as my biggest concern. Cause I, I'm not that concerned about it. I think, I think this is a really good fit. I think I'm, I'm, I'm very high on this deal and this fit. Yeah, I, I was like I said, I was just I was just blown away when I saw it on my Twitter feed. Um, Jackie, if and when Ryan Johansson returns healthy, um, like I kind of led on to this a little earlier, but do you think that that number um, four million dollars a year kind of frees up some more cash for the Avalanche to do maybe even more in the open market come free agency? Um, yes, yeah, yes and no, because. I feel like that was kind of their big spend, though. Okay. I mean, on one hand, the Avs didn't give up anything. And so if they wanted to make a big move, they still have what little assets they have left to do it with. But if you think about it, like they, they have about $15 million left. They need six forwards to sign Byram, another defenseman. One of those six forwards needs to be New Hook. Like, I'm not seeing where they're going to get a big move. And Gotcha. Um, so I do wonder if everyone from this point on is going to be less than that 4 million. Gotcha. I feel like they kind of got their big piece. They got the piece they needed it for sure. But I almost feel like this was the big move and then everything else is going to kind of like fall in under this. Unless something crazy happens, they trade a Taze, they trade a whoever, <laughs> something else. But even if they trade like a new hook, that's not a lot of money out. Mm-mm. So they don't have a lot of money out, money in. Even if they make exactly. a big deal, there's not much to move out. And so that's why I only see Taves as really the only trade, potential trade piece that the Avs have in their pocket that could really move the meter, just because you would effectively, depending on who you got in return, just be reallocating that cash to your top six from the defensive group that seems to be in pretty good hands. Now, I get a lot of people tell me, hey, we're trying to win a Stanley Cup here. Stop trying to trade Devontae's. I totally agree. I just think that there was an imbalance in our team that came to light last season, which was that we still had probably one of the top three elite defensive groups in the league. But that uh, forward group basically from seven down was just a mess throughout the season and then again in the playoffs. So that's I say to that, like, do you see next year as the best shot or not? That's and I guess my question. Everyone can yeah. have different answers to that. I personally don't because they're not going to have Landy. And they might never have Landy, but we know for sure they're not going to have him. You know, fingers crossed for the playoffs, which would be fantastic. <laughs> but is next year really like the last hurrah? Is yeah. that the year that you want to blow the wad? Do you do you want to move forward after that with even fewer assets? Everyone says, oh, the cap's going to go up. Like, that's just going to solve everything. <laughs> Five million dollars. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, which I just think means Batman... every guy's gonna new hook's gonna be asking for three or four. In yes, this exactly. Yeah. Every single person that hasn't signed is gonna ask for more, and then just move that out mm-hmm. every single time if the cap jumps year after year after year. It's like it doesn't. It's like, oh, the cap's gonna go up. We're gonna resign Taze. Like, like his agent and him haven't heard about this cap moving up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, exactly. To me, yeah. that that's just like crazy. Like. The percentage that they would sign for now is the percentage they're going to sign exactly. for in the future. So is next year the big old last hurrah? In my opinion, it's not. I think they probably need a couple years to really build that depth back up. You hope to God that they can re-sign Miko. They got four more years of Kale. If you know, I think they have a really good core and a foundation, but if you see next year is like because then you're done. If you're all in, you're done. Mm-hmm. Then then you truly have taken a step back. And you probably won't win again with this core and in this window. Or are you going to try to get better at maybe you can win a couple more in a couple years? Right. That's well, the way I look at it. If you see, I think the, the you always have to look at the writing on the wall with how the Avs are making acquisitions and when they're doing it. You see them do this move now. And they always do this, I feel like. Because they know as soon as that market opens, it's all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, they want to get ahead of the market. Yeah, and they so, don't want to be desperate. We exactly. don't want to have to do a Kemper trade just to get a center. Well, you don't want to have to pay a premium for your 2C. And if, again, if you look at the Kadri situation, they didn't pay him a premium either. They had him at $4 million and change. So look, if you look at the Ryan Johansson contract, it looks very eerily similar to that situation. Um, but Evan, do you see Ryan Johansson as the two C if he's healthy? Is that the fix, or is there another person out there? I can see it if he's healthy and if he does live up if he does live up to expectations and goes kind of a little bit above it. I would say okay. um, that's a really good point about um, about Kadri, you know, kind of being the same way before he came to Colorado. Um, that's an excellent point that I completely had forgotten about. Um, so the hope maybe is that Bednar will, you know, can do do whatever he did to Kadri to make sure that Johansson also has a career year at 31 years old or yeah. 30, 31, 32. He'll be um, 31 in a couple months. Yes. Yeah, 31 years old. So, you know, that that's the hope, right? Um, however, you know, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, I think he would be a solid 3C, at, of course. Um, it does make me question kind of what Comfer would want to do. Um, if he would be up at two C um, at you know another like maybe around four four million to five million, but I would think that he would want more than that. Um, and you know, there's still Lars Ella that you have to think about um, and about re-signing him because you you gave up a second round pick for him. Um, mm-hmm. You would think you know, as Jackie has said time and time before, that you would want to re-sign him if you're giving up a second round pick. Um, he fits so, that. He fits that three C role too, in the and that too. That yeah, doesn't come back, mm-hmm. and that too. So then, you know, like quickly thinking about it, and like, you know, I've been trying to think about it, is that you know, Johansson then would be on the on that second line center, and then you know, Eller would be third line center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Newhook probably on the wing on the third line, I would think. So then you need someone on the left and on the second line, so on and so forth. So there's there's a whole lot of moving pieces and jumbling around that you can do. Um, I think he'll be successful. Um, that's the hope anyway. Um, if he, if he battles through injury though, again, um, as he did last season, especially then, you know, then there's going to be, you know, some question marks and, and holes to fill, um, that 
will be a lot easier said than done. And then we could end up in, you know, kind of the same turmoil that we did last year where Oscar Alauson makes his second NHL appearance because yeah. he has to. So we'll see. Well, hey, more than of- more than three games would be progress. Yeah, exactly. If anyone came up and like actually stayed, I mean, we had like Cal Burke who had like no business playing in the NHL. <laughs> I forgot that he played <laughs> oh, making his debut. Like somebody with talent having to play is a good thing, but they need to play more than like three games. Yeah. Just real quick, too, Jackie, what did you think of the uh, the trade featuring Oscar Olausen from Oshawa? To, excuse me, from Barry to Oshawa, pretty lopsided in terms of one player for four picks and another player. What are your initial thoughts on that? You mean like when he was still in junior? Yeah, am I looking at the wrong headline here? Probably. That was like yeah. two years yeah, ago. Yeah, that already happened a long time Which, ago. Oh, yeah, that was in 2022. Didn't he yeah, just he get traded a couple days ago or something? No, because he's. he's Yo, oh, ladies and gentlemen, age. welcome to <laughs> episode of Adrian putting his foot in his mouth. Congratulations, uh, you training. unlocked a rare version of an episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, what do you think of that Oscar Olausen trade that happened seven years ago? Avs drafted Tyson Jost. What'd you guys think of that? <laughs> It's okay. Oh, hey, I'm, o- I'm open that. to talk about anything prospect related. Just... And we're back, baby. <laughs> we are back. Oh, welcome, welcome to the off season, folks. Welcome and to the season. with that, uh, let's, let's <laughs> Are you start. You're thinking the... of Olafson because I yeah, think I wanted that's... to mention. Is that yes, what you're talking about? Yes. The yes. Trade? There's that yeah. trade too. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Olafson. Hang on. Um, yeah. The one from Dallas. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> That guy. Um, I don't even remember what the return. It was nothing. It was future consideration. Future consideration. Um, So yeah, another thing where abs get things and they don't have to give anything. That's wonderful. Uh, I think he's kind of like an Anton Bleed, like a tweener. Like I'm sure they want him to get some NHL games, but ideally they don't have him penciled in, and they also shouldn't have Ben Myers penciled in either. For the record. Um, if he comes in and you like there'll be injuries, he'll get called up. We'll see what he can do. You know, he, he was pretty productive in Sweden, not so much in the Dallas system. So we'll see, was it the system? Cause usually guys that are productive in the, the men's league in Sweden can translate that. So there could be a little bit more upside that we haven't seen. Um, so I think it's fine. Like they just kind of got again, like ahead of the market on a guy that Dallas is willing to just move. So, well, if he plays anything like uh, the potential Alauson has as a first round pick, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. He's a lot older though. And he's like he twenty seven. Yes, uh, I, I could I could see him though, like slotting in on that fourth line, perhaps. Um, you know, with with the rumor that Darren Helm's going to retire, which has kind of actually gone under the radar. I feel like. Um, yeah. You know, mind you, it was from a source who's no longer credentialed, but was credentialed for a long time. So take it with a grain of salt. I won't name names, but you could kind of guess. Um, Pretty but, did. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I think that's also kind of gone under the radar. And then, you know, if you bring back Cogliano, he could go on the third line, Olison on the fourth line. Like I said, there's a lot of things that you can work with, move around with. 
Hell, bring back Alex Galchenyuk because the Preds aren't going to sign him. So like, just hilarious. That would be hilarious if if Galchenyuk somehow ends up with the Eagles or with the Avs. Basically, you bought you, you bought, bought you know, for free <laughs> yeah. and and got four million off of him. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a Galchenyuk's inclusion was really just the same as future considerations because yes, it really was to have a contract to go one on in order to put one on the books. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well. It's time since I've officially made a fool of myself that I hand the reins over to a machine that spins names for me. We're going to do the Wheel of Free Agents. What you got for me, Ezra? Well, I wanted to, before we got into free agents, I wanted to talk about uh, something real quick, if you don't mind. Not at all. On the list, I just decided I was going to bring it up. I hope bring it in. Uh, I've seen a a lot of people talking about uh, Igor Sharangovich from New Jersey. And I was just curious what we all thought about his potential fit as a, you know, middle six winger here. I I have a I, I was doing a cap friendly roster. I, at the end of the show, I want to I want to show it to y'all and have y'all roast <laughs> me. But um, but uh, I don't think you'll roast me. I think it's a good roster. But uh, but he's on it, and I'm curious what y'all think of that. I want to know what you paid for him. <laughs> yeah. What you I gave made, up? I traded back from the first. I traded our first round pick to New Jersey for Sharon Govich, a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Okay. I like that. And then I wow. signed him to a two year, $2.8 million contract. Okay. Mm. I, I like those two ideas that I'd be on board. I think that'd be a very abs-ish type find and a good use of the assets. So I like it. So I'm kind of, I'm, kind of out of the loop with this with this guy a little bit so i don't really have much to say i will say i get a little concerned anytime a guy just kind of blows up you know what i mean and then you bring him in so at that price point yeah 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 i'd be a little concerned that i think he needs he's probably gonna want in the threes probably i like if he signs for that cheap why wouldn't you Jersey keep him now, I know they have a lot of guys yeah. to sign, too, but that seems a little low for – what did he score, 40 points? Not last year, but the year before. Was it like yeah, 40? 46, 46 uh, yeah. points. Yeah, and how many 70, goals? 76 games with 24 goals. Okay, so like 24 goals is going to get the guy paid. So, that's fair. you know, is he going to be more like 3.5-ish? You know, I still like the idea, though. I'm still on board with if New Jersey's willing to do it for that kind of – like I like the idea of another one that I've heard is um, trade the first for two seconds and then trade one of the seconds for DeBrusque. Mm. I like that idea too. Mm. Um, I really like that idea. I like that one. But you know, Boston already got rid of their. You know, they need to get rid of more. But I think that would be fair because I think the talent pool where they're at at twenty seven is going to be very similar if they move back in the second round, and so. Mm-hmm. If they did something like that where they still made a pick, but then they were able to use that and get a decent player, I think that would be a fantastic use of assets. And where do you put him, um, Ezra, if, if they, they were to acquire him? Since he's a center, where does he land for you in the in the lineup? Well, he's a center, but he's also he's a winger. Uh, he, can, mm-hmm. he can play anywhere. So for me, I think he's kind of like Ryan Johansson insurance in a way uh, where he could step into that second line center role if necessary. But really I have him slotted as a second line left wing. I think it'd be like an E-Rod replacement. Like you could probably play on the second line wing. You could also play third line center is probably that type of player. Exactly. Yep. Well, I love, I love his age too. Cause if you can get him in, sign him up, 
see how he develops. I mean, in three years, he'll be 28. If he becomes a, a 30 goal scorer, 35 goal scorer, then we're talking, we're really talking, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's interesting. I had that's one of the guys I see people bring up that I'm like, I don't want to look too much into him because I don't want to fall in love with him and then be disappointed <laughs> when he's never a Colorado Avalanche because <laughs> that happens to me sometimes. But speaking of falling in love with people that will probably never wear burgundy and blue, let's spin the wheel of free agents. Um, yes. I'll have you know that I took the, I think we did three. We did. Uh, yeah, we did three. Ryan we did like the three. We did the three biggest ones that. Yeah. Like Aslan said, <laughs> the link It was like Duran O'Reilly. I forget who the other one was, but yeah, they were. Yeah. Was the other one um... Meyer? Timo Meyer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, Timo's still not signed, so I guess He's that not. dream's still alive. None of them were signed. So. In before right. the wheel cheese is Meyer again. Here we go. <laughs> I I asked because I took him off. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I take, take it, it back. The anticipation. Oh, okay. Jesper Bratt. Oh, here's Yeah, you're gonna have to respin that. Oh, yeah. take He's it off. off. Look, the the thing even knew it. Didn't even show the name. It was like, oh, we're good on that. <laughs> All right, take two. Again. Take two. Spin the wheel, ladies and gentlemen. What a little loud. That's a good That's, game voice. I like right? it. Right. Hang on. Evgeny. That's, That's an interesting one. I, I feel like he's going to end up back in Dallas, but if he doesn't, I, I definitely see him as a quality middle six winger. I just don't think you can, we can, I don't know. I, I, I question how much we can afford because yeah. uh, he's probably going to be able to get four ish on the open market. And if he, but he was, if he was closer to three, I'd be into it. I think at least he'll sign for less term, which is nice. Yeah, but yeah, is he? A, I think he's a guy that still thinks of himself as like a four million plus dollar a year guy. So, I mean, he w- he would be short term help. Like, is he really the Bednar type? It does seem like he wears out his welcome pretty quick. Yeah. But he he does have ability, which is something the Avs need. So, I'm like medium on the idea. It'd he, be okay. He also has, if you think about it, back to his Montreal days, he does have that Arturi Lekkinen connection. Um, True. which True. is something that, you know, he could work with. Um, you know, I don't, I can't remember. I think the Donna, the is left side, right? He's left, left wing. Yeah. Left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess it, you could, I guess, put Lekkinen on the right on like maybe put him like top, like both on the top line with McKinnon, but I don't really see Dodano as a top line player. Um, no. and yeah, so you know, it'd be good. I would like him. I wouldn't lie. Uh, and you know, taking away from a from a uh, division rival, um, but you know, that one's a lot harder. Um, I feel like to to get done than it would be otherwise. And like I said, like everyone else has said, the cost. When he's the guy that got traded by Vegas, but they didn't. Something got screwed up between the two teams, and then yeah, he. Still yeah. a Vegas Golden Knight the next day awkwardly played for them. Yeah, I think because Anaheim was on his no trade list and then he he wouldn't waive it. Gotcha. Kind of like the Tory Krug situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my, my question alongside this um, wheel of free agents is in re- regards to the money that Landis Gog's contract frees up. Um, I think ideally you're hoping that Landis Gog comes back next season. Um, I'm excuse me, the season after this coming one, mm-hmm. and that seven million hits the cap again. So I, I guess my question is, you know, <clears throat> and Dedanov kind of fits into this. Is it one of those things where you're going to use a good portion of that on one guy, or do you think that it's more of a, a rental 
one guy because it's got to be almost a year if you want to fit them back or is it multiple individuals to you folks i think it's multiple and i think we've seen one of them already in johansson yeah i think they already kind of spent it <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and i think johansson kind of one of the reasons he is a perfect fit is because if landis Cog comes back johansson's on a one-year deal exactly and they can offload that just as easily as they brought it on they could probably trade it for more assets than they gave up uh so because uh, they gave up nothing so um so you know i think assuming landis does come back i'm guessing somebody's on the outs whoever whoever they brought in this bring in this offseason is probably on their way out okay. uh, right like they probably want one at least one one-year deal like that where yeah they know for sure they can wipe it off or i mean someone else could be injured you know it's just kind of like you know manson's not the healthiest and there's four and a half million you know like people say you could always move money. I mean, you could move money when you have assets. A lot easier when you yeah. when you can attach sweeteners to it. It's also mm-hmm. easy like we saw with Taylor Hall and with Johansson. If they're still able to play, there's interest. Now when you know, when you get like let's say Eric Johnson, he could still play, but at that point you're not even going to gift him off for free. So, yeah. You know, you can always move something. So, I guess you you can't I mean, you have to plan for tomorrow, but you can't really save money for tomorrow, at least in that sense, mm-hmm. because there's always uh, different options. So I wouldn't as much worry about like, oh, if Landy comes back, what are we going to do? Like, <clears throat> they obviously have to plan for Miko and whatever they decide with Byram and four years down the line, Makar, like those things you absolutely have to plan for. But as far as like constructing a team, I think you just have to do what you have to do to to get through this year that's fair is how i look at it that's probably that's probably a a fair assessment given the circumstances plus contracts will leave the docket to next season and that'll free up some of that money as well but just seven million is just a big a big tag that you're going to have to find a way to bring back into the fold hopefully but let's spin this thing again here we go. I got to do this for the radio audience, you know, because they can't see. The, <laughs> they can't see the. Wheel. It's a cool. If you can't see it, it's pretty neat. I like it. John Klingberg. Oh <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? What do you know? I'd be interested in him at a, at a small price point. I I think there's there's a lot he can bring to a fourth pair, but or third pair, fourth pair, really. I'd love him not to play, uh, but no, third pair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there's a lot he can bring to a third pair, but it just, he is not sound defensively. So if he's not next to Jack Johnson or who I, I think should be on the team, uh, or uh, as a third pair defender, then he's not going to be, I don't know. I don't know if they, if they, if they try to get a speedy puck mover on the left, they should not be getting Jack Don Klingberg on the right. But, um, it all depends on where things shake out in the top five group. If somebody's out, then Klingberg could come in, but. If everybody sticks around, he doesn't seem like the right guy to, to bring in to me. Imagine hearing five, I don't know, five years ago that you would rather want Jack Johnson on your team than John Klingberg. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's just hilarious to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that that's exactly what I mean, but I just think the fit is better. No, yeah. No, I, I, get, I get what you mean. Though. Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, I pretty much copy-paste what you said. Uh, yeah. I, I think he would at most be a sixth defender. And that would be it. Nothing more than that. I think yeah. kind of similar to Dadonov, like 
he probably still kind of sees himself as a, I mean, he signed last year for $7 million. It was one year, but like, is he a guy that's now going to be okay taking like 1 million? I I doubt it. (laughs) So are you going to give him, let's say even like four or 5 million? And he already took the short term and it didn't work out for him. So is he really up for that again? Probably not. So So I just, I don't think he's going to be in the aisle. The abs are shopping in. I just, I don't see a fit that way. That's a great, that's a great way to put it. Not in the aisle. Guys can just get more money elsewhere. Yeah. That's the quickest uh, wheel of free agency. Okay, here we go. This is like the Timo Meyer. Because I knew the cat was coming, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'll start. I'll say I like him a lot. He's a really good player, but it's going to be very similar to the Timo answer. First, like, what can you even trade for him? And second, like, he wants a lot of money. He's probably going to want. Like, this is probably one of the reasons why Nashville dumped Johansson because they need the money to make that kind of deal. And, um, I mean, it'd be cool. I hope it would work out. Like, but you'd be talking about moving some major assets here. Yeah. Well, I mean. So, I don't know. Ottawa has already come out and said that they're not going to resign him. They want they want to move on from him. Um, so, you know, if you can – if you can find a way to work with Ottawa, I don't. I he's an RFA, right? I'm, if he's I'm not RFA, mistaken, yes. yeah. It's not to fully correct you, but he said he's not coming back to yeah. Ottawa. He, Ottawa would that's love better him. way. Sorry, yeah. yes, he he's he yeah. said he's moving. Yes, so if you can find a way to work with Ottawa um, to you know do a similar thing, you know, eat some of his contract, um, you know, for the remaining I think one year that's on his deal, yeah. um, you know, that would be. I, I would take that. Uh, that would be a good, you know, kind of one one year prove it, I guess you could say again. I don't think um, he's signed but... is the thing. He has one R years. I think he's going to be similar to Dubois. Oh, right. You're right. Where oh, you're they're right. not yeah. signed, but they have one RFA year. So, like, technically you could trade for them and they'd be the one-year rental, but, like, that's clearly not the idea. And so it'd be like a sign-in trade mm-hmm. or – very mm-hmm. much an already kind of agreed kind of thing once they get traded. So, like, let's just assume if the Avs acquired him, he's signing long term. Like, yeah, they're not going to do the deal and and do the RFA hope game, which is kind of what Ottawa did last year. Like, they knew they could get one year out of him to play, and then they'd have the one RFA year. But obviously, that didn't work out for them. So that that's not going to happen again. So, I think it for the Avs. I think at minimum you because. You have to think about he'd probably be signed or at least have already agreed. You're probably talking new hook taze, maybe maybe something else, maybe next year's first. Would would you do it? Which is probably their three biggest assets they have right now that are even remotely tradable are new hook taze and next year's first. Would you knowing that he would sign? Would you trade that for Debrinket? No, I I think there'd be better options than Debrinket at that point. That you could probably get with those with those three. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'll turn it back on on you a little bit. Would you do just Taves for Debrinket? Because for me, that's a real question mark. I don't know what I would do there. If If you did Taves in a first, sign. Yeah, Taves in a first, and he's signing. I think you count me in because I feel like what's he signing for? Right, he's signing for eight and a half. Would you rather probably in that range? Yeah, probably in that range. Or Debrinket at eight and a half. Then I guess yeah. is that the question is he worth it or is he more worth the assets? Like, is Taze really going to get eight and a half though? Like, I, I do. Just, 
I, I think I, somebody I, I, somebody no, will pay him. No, I think oh. he's going to get more. Is what I mean. Like, I, oh right, right, right. I, I think, I think he's I, a nine think he's and a half. I, I don't think he's quite nine. I I was thinking seven, and then after hearing the cap, yeah. now I heard Batman actually yeah, say four million. I think that's going to move him into eight. Well, I think the thing that he's going to have um, in his corner, I guess, is what some of these other defenders in the league have signed for that are lesser defenders than he is. And I think that's where we'll see his his camp really like hunker down to that, which is like, sure, you might not want to pay me $10 million, but I can probably go get that from, I don't know, Arizona or yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it wouldn't sh- I'll say it wouldn't shock me if he got nine. Yeah. I- yeah. Because you never know. If he's really the best D that's on the market, teams will go crazy. Especially, oh, ooh, yes. we have $4 million extra to spend. Like, it's just, they're just going to burn it, burn right. it immediately. And next offseason, he's going to be a two time Stanley Cup champ winner. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the Avs win the Cup next year with whatever, with the roster they're going to have, then it's fine. Then, yeah, that, yeah, that'll be like the pinnacle of glory. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone tells me. It's like, you know, like I said, you know, everyone says we're trying to win a cup here. Don't trade Taze. But what happens if you don't? And <laughs> right. then he walks. And then he walks. And I know you don't want to plan for not winning because the whole point is to do everything plan to win. But you have to look out for yourself in the long term, especially when you have someone like Kale McCarr and 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 a core like the Abs have that has the potential to really stay intact, unlike a lot of these other places. So I feel like it's mm-hmm. important to make sure you keep balance within the lineup so that the guys that are truly a part of the core, which I think Devontae's is is subtly a part of the core. But I don't I think, think the organization loves him. I really do. Yeah. But they really don't, don't love <laughs> paying contracts like that. Yeah. Plus he's gonna want a probably a pretty hefty signing bonus. So like he's gonna want cash. And I think like not that the abs are cash poor, but I think they're already spending based on the guys that they've they've uh, signed cash-wise. And I feel like mm-hmm. for an owner, you're also going to get heat from the owner that's going to say, you know, you guys did it without paying two defenders this much. You guys are going to have to do that again. So, I don't know. Just, well, here's uh, we, the thing. Yeah. Like, he's going to have to sign this. Sum- like, McKinnon signed in September a year out. Mm-hmm. Like, he pretty much has to sign this summer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if it's possible and they're going to give him – a ton of money and it's also better for them if the abs are willing to give him a ton of money it's better to do it now than after the cap actually yes. moves mm-hmm. so if it's gonna happen and and we're all skeptical but like it literally has to happen this summer if it doesn't then he's not staying man if only it were like back in the day when we could just go reinvest into cosmat and, and pierre lacroix would just, <laughs> get, would get just more go, money. go spend on whoever the heck the house wanted to and speaking of pierre lacroix congratulations to he and his family on his induction into the hockey hall of fame that's pretty pretty cool um yeah that's just wouldn't it be wonderful if the abs could operate without a salary cap but then again so would everybody <laughs> else and who knows what kind of madness that would create um, lord yeah <laughs> It'd be like basketball or baseball, mm-hmm. but hey, the Yankees don't win every Paul year. Korea and Team Mussolini on your third line, but they yeah, yeah, maybe. While we're giving shout outs, also Pierre, shout, shout out to Pierre Turgeon. Um, you know, it was only with the Avs for two years, but he also Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, um, another another Avs Hall of Famer 
<laughs> another one. So yeah. that's also pretty cool. I don't think Ezra considers that another one. Well, no, that, I mean, that's why I put it in quotations. <laughs> good, good for him. I, I'm happy for him. It's just he was – I'm surprised he's in the hall. That's all. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll agree with you on that one. There's some guys, too, that aren't in, and, and he is, and I'm like, interesting. I'll say this. I listen to a lot of uh, hockey podcasts, and whenever they start to talking about who should be in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't, I skip ahead until yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. At all. So, I don't oh, so avoid it. avoid <laughs> that avoid that topic on the script <laughs> next time, huh? <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean like that. I just mean like. But you mean the speculation? So, yeah. It's just the debate. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, like the a subjectivity lot of, guys, of it all. A lot yeah. of great guys and whoever they want to put in, great. Uh, yeah. A lot of great women and they should put more in, but that's not what we're here to talk about either. So I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole fame talk is is annoying. Yeah. No, well, let's get away from that then, because I know Jackie, you wanted to touch quickly on Greg Cronin and yes, the Ducks talk about that. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I mean, good for him. Obviously, like he's coached for a long time, but he's never been an NHL head coach. Um, he deserves it. Definitely. Uh, I find it interesting the Ducks went for another promotion from the AHL because that's what they were doing with Dallas Eakins, and it didn't work out. Uh, I liked Cronin. I liked that he was honest. He was very interesting to listen to in interviews. If you could find them, it's very hard. But um, I won't get into the links that one would have to do to listen to those interviews. But um, he was so honest. He's very detailed. You could see how he's such a good teacher because he explains everything. But he makes it in a way you, you get it. He's long-winded, but at the end of the day, you get it, which is also s- similar to how Bednar is, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where the abs go from there because they haven't had, well, they still haven't had great luck in actually getting the players to graduate and play for the abs. I think Cronin's helped a lot of guys that have moved on, which is fantastic for the players, fantastic for his reputation, but it hasn't really been fantastic for the abs. So I guess the rumor is that they're going to go with Schneekloth, who was, who's the assistant coach. He was the head coach when the Eagles were the ECHL and they won the two championships, which makes sense. Like, I think he he's earned and deserves the chance to be the guy in the AHL. But uh, and they've been fairly successful, like low end playoff teams, like round one exit teams, you know, which is fine. If in a development league, you don't need to win the cup all the time. But um, I'd really like to see better there, especially better development. But that's not just on the coach. That's on the system and the organization moving guys forward. So, like I said, we'll see. You know, people saying, oh, it's like a huge loss for the Avs. I mean, it, it really isn't. <laughs> but um, but we are definitely seeing a good man move on. And so we, we should appreciate him for that. Yes, and that is Greg Cronin, former head coach of the Colorado Eagles, current head coach of the Anaheim Ducks as of this summer, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's already um, there. He's already at the helm. So he started with the Eagles in 2018 and had, was there until now. So it, there's definitely an, an ode, ode to him. Did he coach Rantanen in that case? Because when no. was Rantanen? No, so. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not trying to dog on the guy, but those who say it's like a huge loss, I agree with you. It's you know, it's a head coach in a developmental league. I think the replacement will be pretty quickly found, and and uh, it, we'll go ahead, Evan. Sorry, I was gonna say it's it's just more so a, a it's like Jackie kind of touched on. It's more of a, a sign of the system, right? Like yeah. 
not developing prospects all that well, you know, obviously losing them to other teams and finding success elsewhere. Um, you know, that's, you know, you, you'd wish that would happen with the top club, of course. Right. Um, and that, you know, that, that wasn't the case. So Cron, I mean, Cronin did his part. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. It just didn't turn out as well as it needed to go um, for the abs as a whole, I guess you could say. Um, but you know, that's a whole nother discussion that could get Jackie going and we yes. could be here. Yeah. For another, <laughs> we could be here for another two hours. So. Yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll move on for today. And um, I think that the four of us uh, and Jacob should probably start getting together more frequently again. Now that the free agent window is going to open up July 1st, we should have some things to talk maybe, about. I was going to say, maybe we, maybe we'll do something on Saturday. I figured we talked about it off yeah, camera, that, but, but yeah, no, that would be fun. I'm down with that. Do a little uh, free. Agent I do want to mention real, real quick that our mock draft comes out tomorrow that's right check out our mock draft um lots of contributions we'll get to see if there's anyone as dumb as me that thinks that they should talk about a guy who got drafted three years ago (laughs) uh, now but (laughs) all of sin all of sin it's all the same it's fine it's fine imagine if both of them end up on the same line with the abs sometime (laughs) this year. that'd be hilarious that actually could happen it could Yeah, that would be great. Well, Avalanche fans, thank you for listening today uh, or for watching, depending on how it is you're consuming this entertainment. Uh, my name is Adrian Hernandez. I'm here with Ezra Parter, Evan Liu, and Jackie Kay talking Colorado Avalanche hockey via milehighhockey.com and the Mile High Hockey Lab. Welcome to, Welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab.